Hi, and welcome again to Concepts for Living. We consider it a privilege to come to you with more biblical principles for contemporary living. Yes, even in these extraordinary times. My theme for this message, what in the world can we expect? When the psalmist was in the midst of some rather extenuating circumstances, it was he who cried out unto the Lord in Psalm 39, verse 7. And what he, what, 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 what he asked was, Lord, what am I waiting for? Now, from James Moffat's translation, it reads like this. Lord, what then can I expect? That is the dominant question in the hearts, minds, and spirits of the nations. What is going on and what will happen next? And so you and I are in the midst of a threshold. Something big is about to happen. Bigger than the coronavirus. Bigger than COVID-19. Something international. Something universal. Something impactful something life-changing. So stay tuned. You will be blessed amidst these precarious times. Precarious, that is, dangerous, unreliable, uncertain times. With its economic collapse, its physical epidemic, its natural disasters, its social disorders, and spiritual deprivation. The big question is, what can we expect? Questions like these are being asked. Will the economy be restored? When will shelter in place be over? What will the job market look like when this is over? What will be the new normal, that catchphrase? Will I be able to maintain my business or will I lose it? Can I keep my staff or must I cut? What must I do? What will the future bring? What will next week, next month, next, next year? What, what will the next moment bring as we navigate through the highway of life? Navigate mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, politically, yes, and even spiritually. As we navigate through these times of what I want to refer to as traffic jams. 
traffic jams on the highway of life. Things that we have no control over. We feel now so out of control. Governments are still groping and grappling. Nations are all dropping their heads in despair. Pain, tears, hurts, losses. This is where we are and we ask the question, what can we expect in this world? Well, one thing you can be assured of, something's coming and it's bigger than anything that we have ever seen or known. Brethren, we are on the brink of a world-changing experience. Every nation, yes, every nation. And I know how we have drawn our boundaries, erected our walls of separation and boundary lines. But in the final analysis, I want you to know that we're all on this globe together. And if ever there was a time of us experiencing the commonity of what we are facing, look around the world and you'll see that every house, every nation, every people are going through the same thing. All asking that question, what in the world can I expect? Yep, well, I want to hasten on to say, it's important, that while we don't know what the next moment will bring, I want you to know that there is somebody who knows all of it, and that's God himself. Oh yes, this world is still in God's hands. He is still ruler yet. Though wrong seem oh so strong, our God is ruler yet. God's got the answers. God has the answers, I said. I said, God has it. I know, I'm not a religious person. I, I don't know about the Bible and I don't go to church and I don't, I'm not involved with all that religion stuff. Uh, but, but I want you to know something if you know nothing else, know that God is in control. The three points of this message, the prophecy, the people, and the performance. Stay tuned, and you'll see how these three points encapsulate the truth in this world. So the prophecy is about the people. Point two, the people. Listen to what it says. In fact, you're going to find it in a couple of verses. Look at verse 3. It says, and many people. You see it? And then, notice this. He said, and, down in verse 4, many people. God is concerned about people. He's more concerned about people than things. He's more concerned about people than places. God is concerned about nations. Notice what the scripture says. It says, and all nations shall flow unto it. Well, wait a minute. Flowing unto it? What do you mean, pastor? Well, you and I will have to appreciate that 
when you read in the scriptures in the book of Hebrews, you're going to find that this particular Zion, Zion, <laughs> Zion represents the city of God. It was not always Zion. It was a Jebusite city. But when David became king, he changed it. It became Zion. I want to pause and say, when prophecy is being fulfilled in your life, you are positioned to bring about change. Things will have to change according to you. Because it has been prophesied. So, you and I must believe that God has something on his mind. And when he talks about this business of Zion, he is talking about the church of the living God. He's talking about the place that is the result of coming down from heaven. This is the heavenly Jerusalem, not merely the Jerusalem ge geographically located in the Middle East. He's talking about the Jerusalem, which is coming down from heaven. It is the church of the firstborn. Read it. It's there for you in the book of Hebrews. And so when we understand that all of this is about God's purpose and destiny, in fact, you may want to read Hebrews chapter 12. Can I read it? Say, let me take a moment. I know my time, but, but I, I just feel like reading this one. Listen to, listen to what it says here. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, because there are people who believe that Isaiah's prophecy was only referring to the city of Jerusalem, only referring to Judah of old. But no, it was really figuratively speaking about the church. So look in Hebrews chapter 12. And it's interesting that he writes to the Hebrews because the Hebrews were some of the people that had the problem of thinking was all about them. But no, God was saying something to us too. Listen to it, verse 22. It says, but ye are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Listen to this. You've come, verse 23, to the general assembly and church. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh oh the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. Oh, my God. The Bible says that when we commit our lives to Christ, God writes our names in that book. It's called the book of life. Our name written down, saying, that's my child. That's the one that has been redeemed. That's the one that has been converted. That's the one that has been converted to righteousness. So you and I have to understand that we represent what Jesus did as the first to rise in the resurrection. He became the first fruits of them that slept. And you and I are some first fruits. Come on now. We are of the first fruit born. So you and I have to celebrate the fact that we are dealing more in a spirit realm than we are in the natural realm. So he talks about the spirits of just men made perfect. 
And to Jesus, this is where we come to, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. That's the word. That's the word. Somebody ought to give God praise for the word because the word makes the difference. You and I can expect certain things to be occurring in these last days. I said quickly, these are the days that Isaiah prophesied about. Notice this in Hebrews chapter 4. Get ready for it. Verse 12, I'm going to come there in a minute. But I, what, I want you, what I want you to understand even before I get there is this. That when God's prophecy begins to come to pass, everything else has to come into alignment. Everything else has to come into alignment in your life. Everything has to come into alignment in the nation. Everything has to come in alignment in your house and my house. This is alignment time. That's why we ought to give a hand to those who chose for our safety. And more than for our safety, but for our preservation, that we would have a shelter in place policy. That means the place that you've avoided, the place you get in your car and drive off from, don't come back till the evening hour. Now is the place where your family was, your family, your children, all that really concerns you, that's in the house. And now you, we are sheltered in our own houses. And that's why families are getting stronger. That's why people are bonding better. That's why visions are coming. That's why we are looking differently. And what you can expect that when we come out of this thing, we're going to be better than we ever have been before. Now notice this. The Bible says something that sometimes confuses people. And for example, notice what it says here. It says that the, that, that the church will be established in the top of the mountain. The church will be established in the... Look, you don't just come in church. You come up to church. The standard is high. You have to come up, step up. When you come in, you don't slide in. No, we, we move on up. And now watch this. And the only way that we can get in as people seeking God is that we flow up onto it. Now, wait a minute. Naturally speaking, things don't flow up. Things flow down. But he said that they shall flow up onto it. <laughs> Behind the world, you're going to flow up. When you understand that the great revivals that have happened across the world, seasons of awakening, seasons, my friend, of evangelistic revivals, when people and nations turn to God. It happened in Fiji. It happened in America. It has happened in Germany. It has happened all over the world. That every now and then, God steps in and he punctuates history with a revelation that it's time to be redeemed. And so, notice what it says in the scriptures. It says that, verse 3, and many people, 
shall go and say, come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord's house, to the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He's the God of Jacob. The God of Jacob is the God who forgives. Uh-oh. The God of Jacob is the God who preserves. The God of Jacob is the one who will meet you right where you have a stone for a pillar. But while you're there with a stone for a pillar, he'll put beside it a ladder. Good God from Zion. The ladder that reaches from earth to heaven. What I'm saying right now is that you may be bewildered, you may be confused, you may be hurting, you may be shedding tears, you may feel condemned, but my brother, my sister, my friend, you are in a strategic place to see something happen in the world that never happened like this ever before. And that is, get ready to see some things happen because of what the Holy Ghost will do. The only way to flow up to God is that the Holy Spirit enables us. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit. What brings you into the presence of the Lord? That's why the, the, the songwriter had to put it this way. When he said, I know not how the spirit moves, convincing men of sin, revealing Jesus through the word, creating peace within. I don't understand it. But what I know is, I know in whom I have believed. And I know that he's able to keep what I've committed to him against that day. Every guilt, every wrong deed, every bad behavior, every evil thought, whatever it is committed to him, and he will keep it, and he will do more than keep it. He'll take it and throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. So the Bible says that God will, by prophecy, show the power of the Holy Spirit. All of these revivals, and there were many, Azusa, just many awakenings across the pietistic over there in Europe. Every time things reaches the stage where it is right now, God steps in and he brings about a Revival. Isn't it amazing that Isaiah was referred to not only as the Messianic prophet, but he was referred to as the evangelical prophet. <laughs> and if that don't move you, he's also referred to as the prophet of redemption. <laughs> I said redemption. I said redemption. He's the prophet of redemption. And he does it all for who? The people. So we have the prophecy, and now we have the people. And the people now are coming into God's presence. The people now are supernaturally convicted. And the people now are getting ready to turn their hearts and their minds toward the living God. Yes, right now revival is taking place. <laughs> revival is occurring across the world. People who did not have a thing for God, didn't have a thing for the Lord, did not a thing for the church, not a thing for prayer, not a thing for the word of God. But now they're running after him because there is no other hope. God is the only hope for this world. I'm people. 
your people. We are all people. And God wants us to be his people. Well, I sincerely trust that you've been inspired to seek the Lord, to get to know him for yourself, and to discover that it's not in religion, it's in a relationship. And so, until next time when we shall come to you with more concepts for living, we know now what in the world we have been expecting. And it's the big revival when many will come to the Lord, even in this season. May it be so with you and in your region. So until next time, when we shall come to you with more Concepts for Living, may God bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www.fcogchapel.org. We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.